Thank you so much uh, to the choir. Uh, how lovely it is, little by little. Uh, it feels like our community is coming back to life. It's like, you know, the flower bud that's been closed forever and slowly it's starting to unfurl. I feel that way. Uh, and uh, I mean, over the months and uh, I mean, over a year and a half, uh, our choir for a while was a little dormant. Um, but then under Olivia's leadership, they innovated. They figured, I mean, that's not the most technical savvy generation necessarily, but they figured out how to record. Oh, sorry, Misan, I didn't mean to offend you. You know what I'm saying? But <laughs> you guys are very savvy. But they, they picked it up quick. They learned how to record uh, on video, record their audio, send that file over. And then we had like a lot of wonderful volunteers to help put it together. And uh, um, so thank you for your faithfulness choir and to see uh, at least a, a good semblance of the choir here today uh, that was a blessing we've been blessed to be a blessing so let's thank the choir for their faithfulness <laughs> thank you olivia for your steadfast leadership and as jonathan uh, uh, said uh, it's just been wonderful and uh, i mean our praise and our music uh, uh, what a blessing it is right uh, to be together uh, singing and worshiping and Praising God, that's uh, what it is to be a blessing. So we give thanks to our God for that. Last week with Reverend Kim, we began our reflection on uh, Paul's letter to the Ephesians. And so today's a, a, it's a series uh, we're doing for a few weeks. Last week, the theme of the sermon was God's grand vision. Right? Paul somehow saw God's grand vision for humanity. And that is that out of two, one new humanity is created. I mean, St. Paul, somehow he saw God's beautiful vision for humanity and this world. Now, God's vision for the wor world is reflected in the Hebrew word shalom. Shalom. At its essence, it means peace, harmony wholeness. Shalom has been the purpose of creation back in Genesis even when God created the world. And then God created human beings to be partners with God in bringing about this shalom. I mean, but people were very rebellious and whatnot. So God uh, called Abraham and made a promise to him uh, to bring shalom to the world through his descendants who became the Jews. And so for many generations, this mission of shalom to the world was the special and pretty exclusive calling to the Jews. But we get to St. Paul, and somehow he received this revelation from God. And this is like a groundbreaking, earth-shattering revelation for him. And this is how he describes the great discovery he made. In former generations, this mystery was not made known to humankind at his, at, as it has now been revealed to his holy apostles and prophets by the Spirit. That is, the Gentiles have become fellow heirs members of the same body and sharers in the promise in Christ Jesus through the gospel. His discovery was that this mission of shalom was now expanded to non-Jews as well, to Gentiles. In Christ, 
Gentiles were to share in God's blessings, as we just sang in the choir. And they were to share in the work of bringing God's shalom into this world. And so the people that St. Paul's writing to, the Ephesians, they were mainly Gentiles. It was a Gentile community of believers. I mean, they were outsiders to God's calling and promise. Right? This is how uh, Paul described them in this letter. Remember, I'll just wait for the slide. No slide. Remember that you were, okay, I'll read it. Remember at that time you were without Christ, being aliens from the commonwealth of Israel and strangers to the covenants of promise, having no hope and without God in this world. Aliens, strangers, no hope without God. Gentiles were outsiders. They were outside of God's story. But now they were being brought into the Jewish story. I mean, Jesus was a Jew. His disciples were all Jews. The early church was composed of all Jews as well. But Paul is making this radical statement that now they are one and they are part of this story. Where there were two, Jew and Gentile, there's now one. This is at the core of Paul's gospel. Where we were once separated, now there is no separation but oneness. I was wondering though, what kind of oneness are we talking about? I reflected on this question, right? What does it mean to be one? You know, there's two ways, I realized, to become one. The first is by absorbing and assimilating one party into the other. The other is where both parties change and become something new together. Right? In that first way, assimilation and absorption, one side has to change whereas the other doesn't. One side has to adapt, change, and accept the way of the other. Right? And so often there's actually a power imbalance, and so the weaker party has to become either more like the powerful party or subject themselves to the ways or dominance of the powerful party. In this second thing, uh, way we're talking about, no side makes the other like them, right? Both are willing to change in order to make room for the other. If there's a power imbalance, then the more powerful party takes that first step of letting go of that dominant position to make genuine room for the other. And that party is willing to change. And in coming together this way, both sides change, and together they become something new. St. Paul saw clearly that God's vision was for us human beings to live in this way. And this is why he said in Galatians that in Christ there is no longer Jew nor Gentile, right? male nor female. But now they are something new together. He calls it a new creation. 
That is what we are. In the very early church, as I mentioned, the, uh, the Jews were, it was initially all Jews, but soon some Gentiles started to be drawn by the message of Jesus, right? But then the Jews were the stronger party because it was their covenant, their blessing, their promise, and their Messiah. Jesus was the Messiah for the Jews. And so the Gentiles were outsiders coming in. And the Jews had the law from Moses. And this law was at the core of Jewish identity. Reverend Kim spoke about this last week. It was unfathomable for a Jew to be a Jew without the law. But for the sake of unity... Paul makes this radical declaration. He, meaning Jesus, has abolished the law with its commandments and ordinances that he might create in himself one new humanity in place of the two. He abolished it. Abolished the very thing that was at the core of their identity. The Messiah of the Jews abolished what was central to his own people so that they might be one with the Gentiles in order that God's vision of one new humanity may become real. That's so radical. What Paul saw was that when two parties come together, the stronger party no longer just absorbs and assimilates that weaker party. The stronger party gives up that power, their privileges, and everything else they have staked their identity on with an openness to becoming something new and by joining with the other party. I mean, of course, it's not one-sided. Both parties have to undergo change. But the onus is on the more powerful party to take that step. I mean, that takes a very secure confident and strong person to do that, doesn't it? A weak and insecure person cannot do that. A weak and insecure person needs to absorb or assimilate the other person to my way in order to feel less weak and less insecure. You know, when uh, Veronica prayed that about this is our 25th year anniversary, I'm learning a lot. When the earliest Korean immigrants came to Canada, I mean, at first, there were literally just a handful of them, right? And so when they met at a church, there was such happiness at meeting fellow Koreans and worshiping together in their own language. Because at first, when they came, I think they just attended a Canadian church, but they didn't understand anything. But so when they finally met fellow Koreans, it was so uh, happy. They're praying in their own language, supporting one another, and uh, their loneliness and struggle in this new country bound them together. There was a oneness from sharing this difficulty. But as they settled in and over time, conflicts and divisions soon became a feature of church life. You know, conflicts arose over who would be in power. I mean, they had a lot of pain, right? Uh, Pain of weakness and being an outsider. And so to overcome that, they fought to assert their way. And so when one party couldn't get their way, they would leave that church and thus creating a split. I mean, it's only half a joke that 
Uh, Korean church has increased in such great numbers because uh, there are so many who were born from splits. It's like an amoeba, you know, you just slice it in half and another creates. That's how the Korean church grew, right? And St. Paul saw this conflict firsthand in every church that he started. In all of his letters, uh, he's, he's dealing with this. One group was always dominating another. One group was always fighting against another to have their own way. St. Paul saw clearly that human beings always struggle for this power. And they try to create unity by imposing uniformity with their power. I mean, the Ephesians were Gentiles who lived in a world soaked in power, right? This was the time of the Roman Empire with the raw might and power. They had created the largest, most powerful empire the world had ever seen up to that point. So power, status, wealth, and influence were used to impose their way and absorb others into their realm of control. That was the way of life. And so when everyone is uh, living in this context and surrounded by this kind of power, it makes people feel very weak and vulnerable. And so people feel that to overcome that weakness, uh, they have to gain that power and use it for themselves too. And this was true back then, and this is what we see in our world today too. How can there be this shalom in such a world? St. Paul knew that a power greater than what we know was needed to have real shalom and unity. So after he articulated God's grand vision for humanity in Ephesians and his revelation that Gentiles are now joined with Jews in God's plan, he offers a prayer for the Ephesians. That is today's passage. Here's St. Paul's prayer for them again. I pray that, according to the riches of his glory, he may grant that you may be strengthened in your inner being with power through his spirit, and that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith as you are being rooted and grounded in love. I pray that you may have the power to comprehend with all the saints what is the breadth and length and height and depth, and to know the love of Christ that surpasses knowledge so that you may be filled with all the fullness of God. It's Ephesians 3, 16 to 19. St. Paul is praying that the Ephesians may have the power for unity that brings about God's vision for a new humanity. He knew that being able to kind of give up one's power for the sake of unity would require God's power. It's not something we can just do because we think it's a good idea. Because when we are weak, we seek power to overcome it. We seek the power that we know and that we can see and control. But St. Paul's prayer is that we may be filled with God's power and fullness. When we are filled with the fullness of God, then we are secure and confident, and we don't need to dominate anyone else. Rather, we can let go of our human power and make room for the other. 
in God's fullness, there is always more than enough room. With God's fullness, we are confident and open to change. With God's fullness and a strengthened inner being, we are ready to be part of a new humanity. This new humanity, it won't be created in the halls of power. God's grand vision for humanity will be lived out in common people like the Ephesians and common people like us. It's in our daily life together that we struggle to live out and make real this vision of true oneness. And now that we're slowly emerging out of this pandemic, we're starting to encounter people again, right? It's almost like human relationships are dormant, right? Not just life, human relationships, because our interactions were all on a pause. And in some ways, it was a breath of fresh air, right? We could just relax and chill out at home. I mean, but... You know, over time, though, we realized we, did, we missed these interactions. But in not having these interactions, yes, we were free of human dramas. But with interactions resuming, so will the dramas and conflicts that come with human relationships. I already kind of sensed it a little bit in the air. Even among our younger kids, they started kind of gathering together. You, you start noticing little tensions, like, surfacing again. I mean, the struggle to be one is always there. But God somehow has called common people, Jew or Gentile, to come together and try to live out this grand vision. This is how the church has come to be. The church is the place we come and try and live out God's grand vision for humanity. And my prayer for this community of St. Timothy is that we be filled with the fullness of God. And with that fullness, we too be open to change, to let go of our comfort and our just comfortable existing relationships, our own ways, and make room for others. Very interesting thing is that last Saturday, we had a session meeting. And at that meeting, we were talking about uh, life after the pandemic. And we were sharing how, I mean, we, for those of us who have been filled with God's blessings here, uh, we believe we have such a beautiful community. It's a blessing. And we feel that we are called to share the blessings of this community with others and those around us. We pray that God may lead us to others with the spirit of love. And that we might grow and change as new people become part of this community. And the amazing thing is somehow the day after, last week, on Sunday, all these new people came to our church. Uh, Old faces that we hadn't seen in a long time and brand new faces. It, It was very surreal. One of our happiest surprises was to uh, uh, meet a new family. And they're sitting right here with us. There's Florence and Taka and their children, uh, Vanessa, who's outside with the kids. Oh, Vanya and little Vanessa, who's sleeping in her uh, little stroller. Very cute. When I, I mean, when I first saw them, I, don't, I didn't know them. So I thought that they had come through an invitation from someone in our church. But it turns out that they knew nobody. It's just that they moved uh, to the neighborhood last fall and decided to look for a church close by and found us on the Internet. So all that work that the interns have been doing, it's so worth it, right? Uh, 
Uh, so, you know, Florence and uh, Taka, their family, they've been in Canada. Uh, uh, they came in late 2019 after immigrating here from Zimbabwe. And uh, it's like as soon as they got here, they spent most of their time in this new country uh, in lockdown. That, that was their settlement into Canada. But I don't know, as we were talking, I was so blessed by uh, their desire uh, to continue the faith that they had uh, started in their homeland. I was very blessed and enriched. They shared, and they shared how they felt the love and unity and warmth in this community during worship and afterward. And that they, all they want is a church to share their Christian walk uh, with others and raise their kids in a godly way. And with that, they said they'll start attending our church. Oh, how amazing that is. So I asked, uh, I'm not just bringing this out without their knowledge. I asked if I could mention them during the sermon. I don't know if you do that with Koreans. They're like, why are you talking about me, right? But I, I, but I got, we need to change too, people, you know. We need to, that's why we all need to change. So I asked if I could mention them, and they said, yes. They are here for God, and getting to know people helps them in their Christian walk. So yes, please do so. How refreshing that is. So Florence and Taka, we sincerely welcome you and your children. You know, we are so blessed that you found us. Uh, we know from our own experiences as either immigrants or children of immigrants uh, how difficult it is to transition into a totally new place, right? And especially during a time like we've had over the past year and a half. So we all come from different places, but God has brought all of us together. So I pray that we will be a blessing to you and your family in your journey with us. And I pray that um, we too may be open and willing to change as we get to know you and others uh, who join this community so that we may all be one. My friends, we are called to live out God's vision. Right? And create one new humanity and bring God's shalom to this world. Sometimes it seems like an impossible dream. But I stand with St. Paul as he closes with this prayer. Now to him who by the power at work within us is able to accomplish abundantly far more than all we can ask or imagine. To him be glory in the church and in Christ Jesus to all generations forever and ever. Amen. Our God is able to do far more than we can ever imagine. Let us hold on to this faith in our God and be faithful. I'll ask that the praise team come up and let us sing together.